Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Believe in Temple Football podcast. I'm John DeCarlo from Alspook.com, joined by Adam DeMichael. This is our first season. We're already on episode five. Adam, uh, <laughs> it seems like a wash, rinse, and repeat situation here where we got more bad football to talk about, but there's a little bit more a little bit more drama. I don't know that we're going to be really dissecting last week's game and, and dissecting much of what's ahead in these last couple of games with, with Tulsa and Navy. But uh, some, some stuff to get into, more stuff to get into this week, and none of it's good. Um, how you doing, first of all, before we get into and all, life? All is good. Ep- episode five, I can't believe it, man. Things are flying by for the podcast. Uh, thanks for everybody that have, uh, that, that's listened to us. You know, I've got some, I'm sure you have too, some personal messages from people that said they mm-hmm. listened. They like what we're doing. They like the content. And again, if there's any issues or any questions or anything you could help us on, guys, let us know. You know, I'm still learning. I know John's been doing this a long time, so he's kind of the, the vet. He's the he's the one that knows how to do all this stuff. And but I am pretty excited to talk about um, you know, really quickly. Obviously, PJ uh started last week and we talked about that a little bit. And you know, he did a really good job and executed at a high level and led that team to a victory. I know Cam came in and did whatever, you know, scored a couple of touchdowns, which is cool. So I know PJ was pretty excited. So all the Temple Faithful should be excited about that. I know they were proud. And you get to see Sean Bradley, you know, another one of our Temple alums that's leading the NFL in special teams tackles. And, you know, that's a big story out there right now. That's exciting to see. And then, you know, tonight while we're doing this podcast, we're getting the opportunity to watch, you know, Matt Hennessy, you know, one of my all-time favorite Temple Owl offensive mm-hmm. linemen, get to go out and do his thing. So, again, man, I mean, I know there's some negative things going on in the Temple world, but at the end of the day, man, there's still a lot of positives that we could look at. And um, those are three of the ones I wanted to just harp on real quick. So, and we're excited about continuing this podcast. And, um, you know, once again, man, I appreciate you and the work we've done so far. Appreciate you too. Uh, but like we said, there's uh, some stuff to, to get into. So, you know, we'll, we'll start with, um, you know, the, the big news of the day, we're recording this on Thursday night and uh, you know, I would get questions about this, you know, week in and week out as the team would continue to lose. And people would say, Hey, if this gets bad, do you think Dewan Mathis would ever hit the portal? And I would say, I don't know. I mean, if he wants to go play for another FBS team, he would either have to get a waiver or he'd have to sit out a year, but there's nothing saying that he couldn't leave. And lo and behold, uh, you know, we, we found out, I believe we were the first to report that Dewan Mathis has indeed decided to enter the transfer portal. Uh, Kyle Gauss from my staff uh, reported that earlier. So uh, at the time that Kyle wrote the story about five hours ago, uh, Dewan had yet to formally submit the compliance paperwork necessary to enter the transfer portal, but he was in the process of doing just that. So again, of course, that's coming just a week after Jaden Blue Temple's number two, second all-time leading receiver makes the same decision. So Again, Adam, there are all the sorts of like, you know, those quotes and cliches out there that perception is reality. We know that, you know, unless you're within the four walls of that facility there and in the locker room, you don't truly know what's going on. But again, from the outside looking in, I think I said last week, you know, Jaden Blue was a guy who was really singing the praises of this staff 
not too long ago and had said that this the staff had wrapped his arms wrapped its arms around him but he decided to leave you know with a few games left on the schedule and now Dewan Mathis the guy that you were really you know you know this you don't just build around one player but look they they it, it generated a lot of positive buzz when they got right. him from Georgia and this is the guy that they were excited about and he is entering the transfer portal with two games left on the schedule any way you slice it, whatever the reasons are, the perception of it, the optics of it, not good. And they're three and seven. Um, we could talk all day about, well, can they match up here and there against Tulsa and Navy? We know that any given season, both those teams are beatable. But I don't know how much of that matters anymore. And I know these kids are right. just play hard, but it's, you know, your, your starting quarterback, even if he wasn't going to play the rest of the year, if he was, you know, you know, out with an ankle injury, outside looking in, this isn't good. When you when you heard the news today, what was your, you know, what was your thought? Yeah, I mean, I mean, a lot of information, a lot of good things said right there. And then I really quick, I want to make sure I talk about two guys I saw on the defense last week fly around. MJ Griffin and Kobe Wilson played their butts off last week. I know we're not going to talk about last week's game. And no, that's fine. No, things. I mean, we can get into it no, too. No, it's smart. It's smart because obviously people want to talk about, you know, the issues at hand for Temple. Those two dudes flew around last week. Mm-hmm. And, again, I, I, didn't, I don't know what they were doing their job correctly. They played extremely hard, and that was fun to watch when I watched those two guys. Darian Barnes had two sacks too. I mean, yeah, you're talking about young guys. There's still guys playing really hard. Yeah. Um, and I know the defense played – I know Coach Coach Carey talked about the defense played well enough to win the offense, did it. And, I um, mean – but that, that dude, you know, Darian's a, another young defensive talent. You know, they have a lot of talent on that defensive front. Um, but to get to the big story, John, um, when you're talking about quarterbacks, um, and you're talking about our quarterback, DeWan Mathis, when he came to Temple, I think he understood that this was going to be his team. You know what I mean? Like, he would obviously have to fight for a job. But he came in knowing, like, hey, guys, you know, we had a few guys that played a little bit of reps. We had a few guys that did a few things. Russo was obviously leaving. Um, the one had the opportunity to play immediately. And I think that was one of those things that obviously brought him towards Temple. That was one of the things that caught his attention. You know, the opportunity to showcase himself on the field immediately was a big deal for him. Um, but, you know, on the outside looking in right now, things are really ugly. Um, I think it, it, it doesn't get any, uh, any simpler than that. Um, you know, your top quarterback, your top wide receiver, you know, one of your top defensive linemen, along with some, I mean, essentially, you know, another handful of guys last year hit the portal, and it's it's a tough pill to swallow. And I know I was part of that program for the last 10 years, and I've seen it. I've seen it from the lowest of the lows, and I've seen it, you know, hit the mountaintop. And when I saw the news about the one, I was like, well, sheesh, I mean, you know, what is the reason? You know what I mean? You always want to know the why when something like this happens. And, you know, I look on the Facebook groups, John, and I look on Twitter and everyone's saying the same thing. You know, it's, it's the head coach's fault. It's Coach Carey's fault. He's, you know, there's an issue with how he's treating his players. There's an issue with the staff. And, again, none of us know that any of that stuff is going on. The only people that know are the ones in that building. So, obviously, there was some kind of disconnect with the one and the staff. There was some kind of disconnect with, you know, a situation, whether it was, you know, the way things were going offensively, the, the way he played this season some things out of his control. Maybe it was nothing that had to do with football. And again, that's me, you know, being a little more positive than probably a lot of people that are listening to this will be 
or have been from some of the stuff that I've read. So it's, it's disheartening to see because, you know, the expect, expectations for him were to be the guy for the next four or five years. I don't know how many years he has left, to be quite honest. He was going to be the guy that was, you know, the, the, the next one that was going to, you know, lead us back to the AAC championship and lead us back to, you know, a, a, a top 25 ranking. And, you know, for him not to be here anymore is disappointing. And, but, again, I don't know why it happened. I don't know. If he'll come out and say something, if there was a reason, again, we'll, we might not ever know. And that's the crazy part about this transfer portal thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, he, he ended up starting seven games through for 1,223 yards, six touchdowns and four interceptions. Temple went two and five in, in those games. I, I mean, I'll be interested to see what's next for him because, you know, the the one good game that he put on film, you know, was the Memphis game you certainly played well against Wagner and I, you know, not trying to take things away from him, but he, you know, that's a, one of the worst FCS teams in the, in the country. So right. um, certainly going to be intriguing moving forward to see, you know, where he ends up, whether he tries to stay at the FBS level and can get a waiver to play somewhere else. You know, the only way that he plays immediately next year is if he gets a waiver or if he transfers down to the FCS level. But, you know, again, like, you said this was supposed to be his team moving forward. Adam, what did you know of in the time that you were there before you left? What did you, what did you know of Dewan before you left? Yeah. I mean, again, I wasn't his coach, um, but I spent some time with him. I spent some time in some meeting rooms with him and I obviously saw him on the practice field. And when he first got there again, I have no idea how it ended. I have no idea what, how it went in the beginning, but the kid was electric he had a great personality. Um, he showed leadership qualities. Uh, he spent a lot of time doing extra things on the field with his wide receivers. So those are obviously things when you're a newcomer. Don't get me wrong, John, and everyone listening here. Like, that's what you do. You know, when you come in as a newcomer, you try to do extra. You spend time trying to, you know, get to know your teammates. You spend time, you know, like I said, having that personality about you, knowing that you're the guy that's supposed to carry the team, lead the team, you're going to be around everybody and have a smile on your face and be able to joke with everyone. Um, but is that what happened halfway through the season? I don't know. You know, how was he after he got injured? You know, what was his, uh, you know, how was he mentally after the injury? How was he you know, mentally after the, the losses? You know, when he wasn't playing, was he still locked in? I don't know about I mean, academically, did he have any issues? You know, I don't know any of those things, how it went towards the end, John. But in the beginning, those are the qualities that I saw and that I was excited about. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, <laughs> unless he hits the portal, too, it looks like Justin Lynch will be starting Temple's last two games. Again, the Owls play at Tulsa this coming Saturday, and then they finish out the, the season against Navy. I mean, we'll, we'll say just really quickly procedurally here, again, I think in – I mentioned this at the outset of the podcast. If this were a season where things were trending in the right direction or at least staying the course, you know, you could say this is a this is a game that Temple could win. It should be a winnable game, but I don't know how much it matters. I mean, this is a kind of a middle of the pack Tulsa team. They they've got a a quarterback that uh, you know has has thrown 14 interceptions here, you know, in uh in Bryn Davis and um you know, you'd say if, if this team was trending in the right direction, you could say, Hey, Adam, maybe they can heat this guy up, force him into making some mistakes, but right. you know, and we got a mailbag question about it. We'll get to in a little bit. It's like, you know, what's the mood of the program? These kids aren't, you know, you've, you've been in coaching, you've been on teams. These guys aren't stupid. They see things on right. social media. They, they know 
that things aren't good right now. But um, so again, it's, there are two games left against against Tulsa and against Navy. They both in, in a normal set of circumstances would be winnable games. I don't know what a winnable game is for this program right now with everything going on. I would agree with you that the MJ Griffin and uh, you know um, Darian Varner and uh, Kobe Wilson did play well last week, but excuse me, but they just aren't getting anything going offensively. I just don't know if, you know, we know the run game has struggled all season. I don't know how much of that's on them. I don't know how much of it's on, on the offensive line, but now obviously we're at a point now where, like I said, we're just talking about losses, but now there are more side stories. And then the other one, of course, is this is a tricky one is that the stuff that's come out that, that Iverson Clement is alleging. So we know that you know, he was a, a four-star recruit coming out of Rancocas Valley High School, ends up at Florida, transferred home. At the time, it looked like a, a good get for Temple uh, in, the, in the transfer portal. And, um, but he ended up not playing a game uh, at, at Temple and, um, you know, hasn't played anywhere else. And um, so yesterday... Uh, he put a lot out on, on Twitter. Uh, and, you know, you can, you can go to his Instagram account and his Twitter account. And uh, he's basically alleging that he was mistreated by the staff and mistreated by the strength staff. Uh, I will tell you that, you know, just from a procedural standpoint yesterday uh, in my role at Al Scoop, you know, we reached, reached out to Temple's PR staff and said, Hey, does, does Rod Carey want to comment on this? And we were told Rod's not going to be making a comment on it. And that's, that's his right. Um, we haven't talked to Iverson Clement on the record. So yeah, we talked about it on our Al Scoop podcast on the scoop, but you know, this is another one of those things where, you know, and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to dismiss what Iverson Clement is saying that, you know, some people say you should have written this, you should have written that without talking to either one of them directly. I don't know how much I can write, but again, Adam, this comes back to, uh, any way you slice it you know, if, if, you know, if, if the team's winning and things are trending in the right direction, maybe something like this doesn't leak out and this is buttoned up, yeah. but yeah. at the same time, here we are. And we're talking about something else that people can pile in on. And again, if you follow social media, you can see that some other former players are kind of corroborating his story and saying, yeah, you know, there's this, there's that. I'll ask you the same question. You know, you're not, I know you, you still talk to a lot of people on that staff and you want to see the program do well, but you're not Absolutely. on staff anymore, but I'll ask you this. You, you got to know Iverson a little bit when he was there. What, what do you think of him as a kid? And then what went through your mind when you, when you saw this yesterday? Yeah, man. Um, you know, first to, to answer your first part of the question. Um, I, I didn't, I wasn't dug in too much on recruiting Iverson to Temple. I remember Iverson when he first came out of high school, we had him over at junior day. Coach Foley at the time was recruiting him at that area. And brought him over, and I think he was with some family members. And the kid was electric. The kid was cool. It was, you know, he's put together. Like he had a bunch of offers. You knew like the type of kid he was. Like he was, he was going to be special in the SEC. Like that was the type of talent he was. That was the type of film he put on there. So he went down there, and then things didn't work out. He made the track back up here. Came back home. Um, but from what I know from Iverson, you know, he spent a, actually it's interesting because the kid's pretty unique. You know, he came into my office. He would just walk into coach's offices every once in a while, just check in, like, hey, coach, you walk in, like, hey, I'm locked in today. Like, I'm ready to roll today. You know, I'm, I, and he just come in and just would sit down. He talked to me a little bit about some things in Florida, how things were down there. And he talked to me about, you know, him being able to play receiver, play running. Like, he was so excited. And, again, I'm not trying to be Mr. Positive about Iverson. I'm, you know, there could be a lot of different things that went on in the past 
couple months since I haven't been there, but the kid had a great personality. Um, I was impressed with, you know, he was really well-spoken. Um, I think he was, he was pretty much a, he was a, he was, he was a thinker too. Like the kid, the kid knew what he wanted to say, knew, knew how to get it across to me. And, you know, he, he wanted the answer. He wanted me to answer it the way he wanted, you know what I mean? So we'd ask certain questions, but he was unique. And I, you know, he just had a little baby. So he, you know, he was even more locked in. That's who he talked about a lot. That was maybe two or three conversations of him just coming to my office and kind of talking ball before he got out of there and studied some more tape. Um, so I liked him as a person so, um, again. And then when, you know, when he comes out after not being on the team and he sends us, you know, this message out about uh, the situation that, you know, he was in with, with the strength staff um, and, you know, him trying to get back with on the team and, you know, talking with coach Carey and not getting some messages back according to some of the things he posted what I will say is in my past as a player, John, and to, to all our listeners out there, um, sometimes kids and coaches don't get along. Sometimes kids and coaches have arguments. You know, I've seen somebody want almost fight Elijah Robinson, who's t- coaching down in Texas and I'm like almost fist fought Elijah Robinson. I won't say a name there. Like they almost got in a fist fight on the field. I've seen, you know, Deion Dawkins, who's one of my favorite guys to ever coach and, and watch him play. I've seen Shabazz Ahmed. I've seen Eric Lofton, Leon Johnson, Nate Harrison almost get kicked off the team. You know, we had to call his mother in the office before it happened, you know, because of some of the things that he was doing. I've seen, you know, Robbie Anderson get kicked off the team. Me having to go pick him up at the dorm and say, hey, Robbie, like, it's time to go, bro. Like, and then him getting kicked off, him fighting his way back. So there's always going to be situations. Wait, you had, you, had to go get Rob, you had to go get Robbie? Yeah, I was a, I was a young pup. I, you know, Robbie got an argument. Robbie got in a fight. I had to go get him. Um, at one point, there was a fight. He wasn't coming to practice. Mm-hmm. And I had to go get him with a couple guys. Um, but that situation is just—it's similar to these. This one, to an extent. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this has some different circumstances, some things that I don't know, mm-hmm. you know, much about. But there's always there's always two sides to each story for one. Right. And then um, sometimes um, there's issues that happen that stay in house. Mm-hmm. And those were some of the ones I just talked about. Those guys all had issues, and even more. Like even PJ had a couple issues. You know what I mean? Guys that you wouldn't think about had had issues with coaches or staffs, or but sometimes you know what I mean. As men, you, you know what I mean. You go talk and you figure some things out. Sure. And then obviously in certain times like this, in 2021, closing in on 2022, there's different ways to attack things, and um, and that's kind of the way that Iverson went. Uh, again, I haven't talked to Iverson since I left, and I've, you know, it's just a, it's another thing, John, that just got piled on mm-hmm. to the, the 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 season that the Temple fans and the Temple players and staff didn't want. You know what I mean? It's like, hey, we got two games left. It's a huge week for for our young guys. You know, you lose two of your leaders. Obviously, DeWan was young, but as a quarterback, you're basically you have to be a leader even if you don't say much. And then, you know, you lose Jaden Blue, both guys to the portal. And it's like, wow, I mean, it's an important week for these young guys to go out there and, you know, showcase themselves and let them know that, hey, listen, we could do this. You know what I mean? Like, not necessarily that we don't need those guys, but we're going to go out there and play for each other on the field. So as I sit here and sit and look at look at the Iverson thing and I look at the DeWan thing, you know, it's, a, it's, it's tough to swallow. It's, it's disheartening to see. Um, but again, man, we don't know exactly what's going on. I, I read a bunch of stuff on Facebook and our groups and on Twitter, and everybody has a right to their opinion, and everybody has a right to, you know, trying to figure out what they think's happening. And a lot of them may be right, 
you know what I mean? But nobody knows for sure. And I'm not here trying to back coach Kerry or his staff. I'm not here trying to back the players, you know, Dewan and Blue and those guys. Like, that's not my role in this either. So none of us know, you know what I mean? At the end of the day, we don't know what the heck's going on. Like, hopefully you have the athletic director and you have those guys, there's important people that are going to go in there and figure out what the issues are. And, and I'm sure they will. And that's really what matters. Like, and, you know, that's all that matters, to be quite honest. They're going to go in there and figure it out. And they're going to come out of this, you know what I mean, on the on the right end of things, I think. I want to ask you this too, you know, and again, we're, we're this is a very, I will say this is a very fan-heavy podcast and that we do talk about, a lot about what the fan base is thinking. We're trying to take mailbag questions, just like I do with, you know, on the scoop without scoop. Um, and, you know, again, like you've said, everybody has a right to their opinion. You even have, I hate to call the guy a reporter, but a guy like John Rothstein on CBS who keeps saying, Oh, Temple's football team has been out. Yeah, I've seen, I seen his, no, I've seen his nonsense. He, he pisses me off. Excuse my language. That dude pisses me off, but go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. He's, he's, uh, uh, we've we've had our own uh, opinions about him. You know, when we do our podcast on Al Scoop, he says that Temple should go back to the Atlantic 10 for basketball and uh, should drop football down a level or get rid of the program. And everybody's in the mood for hot takes. And they, you know, some people say, well, things were as good as they were going to get when Matt was there, get rid of the program. And at the risk of giving, you know, giving some light to it, I do want to ask you about this. You know, when you're a former player and you went through what you went through to get help lay the foundation for where the program is, when you read stuff like that, where again, I get it, things are bad now. We'd be intellectually dishonest to say anything other than yeah. that. You know, it's bad. You're a former player and you read that stuff as much as you like to try to block stuff out on social media. Yeah. What goes through your mind when people are saying, yeah. oh, let's say it, this is as good as it gets and everything's heading down the toilet, they should get rid of the program. As a former it, player, what goes through your mind when you when you it, read that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's almost like you knew that what buttons to push and you knew how I was going to get fired up by asking that question. <laughs> so as, and again, what, I know, I'll relay this message again. Everybody has their own opinion on certain things and cool good Rothstein and all these people on Facebook and these groups that keep saying abolish the football program. That's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard in my life. How can somebody say that after where the program was in 2005, 2006, before I got there, when we were literally, you know, getting kicked out of the big East. And then they were trying, you know, we were 0 and 11 or one and 10 or two and 10. And then, you know, fast forwarding even to now where, for the first time since literally 2006, everyone keeps talking about pre-Al Golden days. Guys, that was 15 damn years ago. Like, mm -hmm. it wasn't like it was yesterday. Like, the success that we've had since 2008, I don't want to say it's unprecedented, but it's big time. Like, you know, people were comparing the wins in the AAC since 2009. We were second behind Memphis or something along those lines. We have 20-something, almost probably close to 30 professional athletes playing in the NFL and the CFL. That's a ridiculous number. And they're they're all young talent, too, besides Brandon McManus, really. He's really the oldest guy we got in the league, and that dude's still booting it over in mile high. But it's it's absurd that someone would say, abolish the football program. This If it's as good as it gets, John, that's okay. Because, you know, in Matt's last year when we were playing Notre Dame and we were ranked in the top 25, yeah, that was really good. And it's never been like that. It hasn't been like that since, and it wasn't like that before. Mm -hmm. But, you know, these guys and – the, the 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 fans should understand that that doesn't necessarily mean that the football program should be dismembered 
you know, these kids give their damn all for, for that university, for that city, you know what I mean, for that program on a daily basis. And they're working their dang tails off. And for just someone to say a take like that, you know, just because they're struggling this year, and you could say this year, I'm going to say this year, because last year people, you know, it was a COVID year, it was a wash. You know, we were playing our whatever string quarterback people keep talking about, okay, whatever. So the last two years were really bad, have been really bad. But before that, besides that, you know, we've, we've done a really damn good job. You know, we've hit bowl games. We hit draft picks, free agent signings. Uh, you know what I mean? We've, you know, coaches have come and they've gone to essentially, quote, unquote, as you see my fingers here, bigger programs. And, you know, we figured it out. And I think that, you know, no matter what, Temple people and Temple, the, the players will figure it out. So when someone brings that up, it pisses me off. I think it pisses off the, you know, the other football alumni. And it's just an absurd take to me. So thank you for firing me up at 9.30 at night. <laughs> no problem. And I'll also have you on the record as calling Brandon McManus old as well. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. He's old and I'm, I'm still old him. But he's still kicking that thing, though. I tell you that much. He, he's uh, a lot of – I see a lot of his stuff. And I actually, he's my fantasy kicker. So keep doing your thing, Brandon. Yeah, he is. <laughs> he's been my fantasy kicker in the past, too. So uh, – uh, we, we do have just really just one mailbag question this week. I don't know if people are just kind of burnt out and that everybody, you know, uh, wants to know the same thing. And there's a guy in here named Dan Russell on the One Temple uh, football Facebook page. And uh, I asked for mailbag questions and the guy writes, seriously, there should be only one topic. And I said, great. What's your question? So yeah. he said, uh, John, morale of the team after the recent release of potential mistreatment. So He's referring to the Iverson Clement thing. He's saying yep. potential mistreatment. We don't, like we said, and I'm not, you know, people might say, oh, you're being a boring journalist. We don't truly know what happened. Again, I'm not trying to devalue what Iverson Clement said, but again, absolutely earlier, have not talked to Rod Carey on the record, have not talked to Iverson Clement on the record. But again, we know, we know about the perception of it all. So he's saying, what do you think the morale of the team is after, after that? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think at the end of the day, yeah, I'm sorry, good. No, I mean, like, do I, do I, you know, what, what do you think the morale of the team is after that? I mean, yeah. obviously, I would have, have to imagine it's not great. Adam, you know, these guys better than I do. Not like we're breaking yeah. news here. I can't imagine the morale right. is great, but what do you, what do you think they're going through right now? Do yeah, I think that, I think there's either two options. I mean, if you looked at, you know, I think one of your guys did the article on Dave Mark Robinson. It's a two it's a two game season for these guys. A lot of guys are coming back off injury, but you either got two options. I mean, and this is extremely boring and extremely simple and very basic. You're either going to keep going, play for one another, or you're going to quit. And it's going to be very glaring when we're watching the game as fans. Um, no matter what the scoreboard is, you'll see it again. You'll see guys flying around, or you won't. You'll see guys making tackles, or you won't. You'll see execution up front on the offensive line, or you won't. I mean, you'll see guys playing with energy in, I guess, they're, where they're playing in Tulsa, you know, Tulsa, Oklahoma, or you won't. I mean, you'll see guys, you know, being excited when their teammate makes a play, or you won't. I mean, like I said, you're either going to keep going, play for the guy next to you, play for your brother, or you're going to quit, and it's going to be very glaring. I mean, that's kind of the morale of the team. I mean, you lost some leaders. But who is the next guy that's going to step up? Uh, could it be a young guy? Is it somebody that's been appointed by the staff? Is it somebody that's been appointed by the team? I mean, there's, again, there's still a couple old guys that are still trying to fight. Uh, I think I mentioned this last week. They're trying to leave their legacy. The Quentin Coos and the Tylers of the world, 
know, those guys are playing for a legacy and, you know, trying to end on the right, on the right note. So, you know, the morale probably isn't great, but again, as David Martin Robinson said, who's one of my favorite outs too, you know, it's a two game season for those guys. And, you know, how can they find a way to get a victory? I'd like just to follow up on that before we get to the, to the um, additional questions here uh, that this, that this reader has. Um, if you're on that team right now and you know the deal and you know that there's a chance that your head coach might get fired, it might sound like a simple question, but if you, if you're, if you're one of those guys that says, screw it, I'm just quitting. This is bad. I know it's bad. It's not going to get any better. Doesn't that put the player at risk of like, let's, let's say Temple does move on from Rod Carey mm-hmm. and the next head coach comes in you've been involved. You've been involved in, in a couple of different coaching transitions. Doesn't the new guy come in, watch film on everybody. And is he saying, okay, I do want to see who played hard in these last few games. And that's going to affect how I want to shape this roster. Cause whoever comes in is going to take a fresh look at everybody. Right. Absolutely. And so, I mean, it's not, I, I hate these. And I'm going to ask you this. I hate the, how important is it question? Cause it's, it's one of those like talk about questions, but I've never been in this situation before as a player, and I know it's bad. I, I imagine it has to be bad, but don't some of these guys, if they just say, I'm going to pack it in, don't they kind of put themselves at risk of putting some bad stuff on film for the next coach who might say, hey, you know, scholarships are one-year renewable agreements. If you want to start here, it's never going to be here. And then they might be like, ooh, okay. I mean, is that good? Yeah. isn't that something that's yeah. possible? It makes it makes a ton of sense. I mean, if you're talking about – we've actually been – and I say this um, – I say this – We've been lucky enough when staff changes have happened, it's been for good reasons. We've won, a new coach comes in. We've won again, a new coach comes in. So the players haven't had to go through the situation where it was like, okay, this, you know, we might lose our coach. Let's pack it in. Don't worry about the next coach. Here's the transfer portal. What we've had to go through in the past, our players, was we made a change from Matt to Jeff and Jeff was able to come to the bowl game with us. Mm-hmm. Jeff was able to see practice. You know what I mean? Coach Collins was able to see those things at that time. So you're, you're talking about um, trying to make a first impression towards the end of the season in week 14 or whatever the heck it is, or week 18. And, you know, you're playing a weird bowl game. Your family's there and coaches trying to meet all these players and trying to make, you know, his get his first impression as you as a player and as a person. You have meetings with him. That's different than what I think these players are going through now. It's like they're reading everything that's going on. They're probably talking in between those, you know, those doors down at Edberg Olsen. Hey, you know, what happens if he leaves? What are we going to do? Are we going to stay? Are we going to leave? Are they going to take all the coaches with him? Are the coaches all going to, you know, get released? Is anyone going to stick around? I mean, those questions are being asked. And it's tough for a 17 to 21-year-old kid to have to, you know, try to figure that stuff out on their own. And, you know, I mean, there's probably kids talking to their families and, now, like I said, man, with this transfer portal, it's a different animal. I mean, if you, you saw it, like, you know, we've lost a quarterback through it. And I'd be curious to see how, if, you know, a change were to happen, what would happen with some of our players. It'd be interesting to see. But, again, um, it's a tough pill. It's a tough – it's a tough place to be in for, for our players. But um, they, they're definitely going to be looked at um, by, by whoever that new guy would be, yes. So, um, and then Dan Russell has a – couple of follow-up questions here he says also 
Why hasn't the university released a statement regarding the current state of affairs? And then what will the impact be on season ticket holders and fan support moving forward? Well, I can speak to the first one. I, I, I don't know, Dan, what, what statement are you looking for the university to release? I think any statement they make will be either one of two things. They will come out and say, we're, you know, Rod Carey is going to be our football coach next year. We want to give him another year to, you know, evaluate him or their statement is going to be, we're moving on from Rod Carey. I, I don't, I don't think an athletic department or a university is going to put out a statement about the fact that they're losing. I, I don't know if he's talking about when he says the current state of affairs, Dan, are you looking for them to issue a statement on what uh, Iverson Clement is alleging? Again, I asked if Rod Carey wanted to comment on that. He declined. That's his right. And then, the, you know, what impact will this have on uh, season ticket holders and fan support moving forward? I don't know. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong on this, Adam, if they, if they make a move and they hire a head coach that people are excited about. Yeah. You'll probably see some buzz. Yeah, for sure. Uh, if Frog Carey comes back, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know how this gets better, but I think if they did retain him, yeah, I think it impacts, it impacts fan support and season tickets. Uh, I'm kind of inclined to say we'll cross that bridge if we come to it, but I don't know. You hear those questions. What goes through your mind? What do you think? Yeah, no, I think you're, you hit it right on target. I mean, I think that when things are really bad and things are going really bad for us, and there's obviously been a few things in the last few days that um, have been kind of a, a gut punch for us. The fans aren't happy. And as you saw through some of these tweets and we've all seen on social media, um, when fans aren't happy, they're going to make it known. And, you know, people are saying they're not going to renew tickets. Like, I've read that multiple times. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to renew my ticket until this happens. And it's like, sheesh, I mean, these people, are they serious or not? You know what I mean? Are people not going to pay or are, they, or, or, or are they not? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know where people will go with this thing. I mean, but again, if, if something were to happen and they bring in a guy that the fans are excited about, then things change. But, again, when things are, when things are bad, uh, you know, people are able to type a lot of different things on those on those mm-hmm. keyboards, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And like I said earlier, man, everyone has their opinion. And I think Saturdays, I always said this when I played, we didn't have a lot of fans in the stadium. And I only looked for about, I don't know, 10 people. My family was at that game, to be quite honest. And I didn't realize anybody else who was there, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Whether it was 5,000 people or 30,000 people, I couldn't tell the difference. So that's just how I was as a player. So it never really phased me, but you love to have that support of Temple Wild Nation and those fans. I mean, when things are good, we're all good. And I think they just want to get things back the way, you know, they were the last few years. You know what I mean? Oh, sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Well, we shall see. You know, Lord knows what we'll be talking about next week again. uh, Yeah, right. Temple. I do want to say um, if if there's any – if there's anybody out there, we could pull any player, any former player that you guys can think of that you'd like to get um, on the podcast with us, let me know. I have a couple that I've talked to John about, but if there's anyone out there that you guys, uh, you know, want to throw out there for us to reach out to and maybe give a reason for it, let us know, man. And like I said, we'll, we'll, we'll do our best. Like I would like to do that, you know, maybe once every other week, once we get in this thing a little more, we'll see how things go towards this off season um, here in the next two weeks. So, yeah. And again, if you follow both of us on Twitter, Adam's Twitter handle is at Adam underscore DeMichael. And I'm uh, at J DiCarlo, J-D-I-C-A-R-L-O. You know, feel free to, you know, reach us on Twitter. 
you know, yeah, if there are some guests that you want to hear from, let us know. I mean, we, we've got some, you know, we've got some names in the, in the pipeline and people that we, we know we can talk to. Um, Adam, we do have a literally uh, someone on the Facebook group chimed in here just as we're about to sign off that the, the mm. name is Antonio. Uh, He's not too happy. I'm looking at it. No, too. no. Antonio Al, Alviario, I guess. I, I yeah. apologize, Antonio, if I'm mispronouncing your name, but he's just saying, seriously, what is the school doing about the situation? I've not seen any firing yet. What are they waiting for? I get it. That's the mentality of the fans. Uh, I, look, I mean, uh, Antonio, I, I will tell you this, and I'm being 100% honest when I say this, and Adam knows this. I, I don't know what's at play with the decision making process. This is, you know, it, every college is different, but in the world of higher education, the athletic director and the president are reporting, in, in this case, a temple to the board of trustees. They don't make these decisions in a vacuum. Um, it's not a situation where Arthur Johnson, you know, week into the job, uh, calls up Jason Wingard and says, hey, uh, give me a call when you get a chance. I've got some news. And then Jason Wingard calls him back and says, Hey, Arthur, what's going on? Hey, just want to let you know, I fired Rod Carey. Oh, cool. Okay. No, this is, this is, I get it. I completely, completely understand why fans want to see a change here. You're not alone uh, in that opinion by any means, but I, I just don't know what's at play here. I don't know what pieces need to fall into place before they make that decision, but this is a university, you know, highest level of the university decision that's made here. Um, I get it. You know, a lot of people think that they should have made the decision already name an interim head coach uh, again, completely understand that, but what are they waiting for? I don't know. Again, these are decisions that are not made hastily and they're, they're made uh, in, you know, while consulting a lot of different people. But again, I'm not saying I've talked to, you know, talked to Jason Wingard or Arthur Johnson about this. I've talked to Arthur a couple of times. I talked to him the day he was hired at his press conference. Uh, did see him at an event uh, this past Monday uh, up at, at uh, in New York um, at Temple. I'm the co-director of our new Claire Smith Center for Sports Media. Talked to Arthur there, but in a crowded room with him, I'm not going to say like, hey, Arthur, are you uh, firing the football coach? So I get right. it. Fans are impatient, but you know, again, I don't have any intimate knowledge. I, I want to be honest about what I know and what I don't know. I, I don't know where this is at just yet, but this is not just a one decision that's just made by the athletic director and then he goes and informs everybody what he does. When 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 it comes to stuff like this, it's it's multiple people being involved in the decision. Mm -hmm. Again, I get it. They're three and seven. They could very well end up three and nine. This thing is definitely trending backward. We know that. We definitely know it. I hear you totally get it but um there's a lot that goes into the into the decision so i i don't i don't know wish i had a more you know i know people want us to give a sensationalistic answer but we got to be responsible about it too but i get it not going well maybe we will be covering a coaching search at some point we'll see but i don't know Anyway, thanks for sticking with us with another episode, five in. Looking forward to many more. Like Adam said, if you have some guests in mind, please let us know. We'll try to reach out to them. We are going to try to get some more guests into the fold uh, between Adam's network and all the people that we've, we've talked to and, in my case, interviewed and certainly in Adam's case, played with and coached over the years. We've got a, uh, a, lot, of, a lot of voices that we can tap into here, and we're looking forward to doing that in the coming weeks. So thanks again for... Uh, like I said, listening to another episode and subscribing, and we will talk to you soon. Thanks, guys.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.